I read a very interesting story the other day about a preacher and his wife who went to work with a congregation for his very first work as a gospel preacher. He had just graduated from school. They were newlyweds. And the church adopted this young couple as if they were their own children. It was primarily a elderly congregation. And so a few years later, when their first child was born, he had more grandparents than he knew what to do with. That sweet, precious little boy of theirs was the idol of all the church members. But one day, that little tyke got very, very sick. And he died. Just a month shy of his very first birthday. It was a few weeks after his death. This young preacher walked into the pulpit on a Sunday morning with some of the baby's possessions. He brought a little pair of white shoes, a little red wagon, and a small teddy bear. And he told the congregation, he says, you know, as we go through our house, everything we see reminds us of Robert. And we love these little white shoes. And we love this little red wagon. And we love this teddy bear. And we love them not for themselves. He said, we love them because Robert loved them. You see, if we love people, we can't help but love the things that they love. If we love Jesus Christ, then we are going to love the things that Jesus loved. If we love Jesus Christ, we're going to be willing to give our lives to the things for which Jesus died. And that's what I want us to think about this morning for a few moments. Loving what Jesus loved. There was that day on the seashore that Jesus decided to test Peter in this manner. Peter and the others had they'd been fishing all night long. And morning came. And looking over the horizon, they saw the risen Lord. There was a fire on the seashore. And Jesus was sitting by the fire fixing breakfast. Big, impulsive Simon. Simon didn't wait for the boat to take him to the shore. 
If you read the story in John chapter 21, big impulsive Simon threw himself into the water and swam to Jesus to get there as quickly as he possibly could. Jesus knew they'd be hungry after having fished all night. He had a fire ready. He had fish prepared and bread was cooked. And after breakfast that morning on the seashore, Jesus asked Peter a question. He turned to him and he said, Lovest thou me? And that brings us to our text in John chapter 21, beginning there with verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. Because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, Thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Three times. Three times. Jesus asked Peter that question, Lovest thou me? And three times, Peter responded in the affirmative. He said, Yes, Lord. And Jesus then said to Simon, in effect, Simon, if you love me, show me you love me by giving your life to the things that I love. Did Peter do it? Absolutely. He became the great preacher of Pentecost. He spent the rest of his life serving the Lord. And at the end, he died for Jesus' sake. Peter loved Jesus. And loving Jesus, Peter loved the things that Jesus loved. Here's the question. Are you able to say that this morning? Do you love the things that Jesus loved? You do if you love Jesus. Jesus loved the Father. And so should we. You remember that time that lawyer came and wanted to tempt Jesus? And he asked Jesus a question. He said, what's the greatest commandment? And unhesitatingly, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Heavenly Father with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all of thy mind. That's what Jesus told him. And my, my, how Jesus Christ loved God the Father. He loved Him before the world began. 
He loved him when God said, let us make man in our own image. And Jesus loved God all down through the ages. Jesus loved God even when He had to leave His home in heaven and come to the world to die. Jesus loved God that night in Gethsemane when He fell prostrate on the ground and He said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from Me. Not My will, but Thine be done. He loved Him on the cross when He said, My God, My God, why hast Thou forsaken Me? Now you think about it. When God sent Jesus to this earth, He robbed heaven of its brightest jewel. God plucked the fairest flower blooming in the garden of heaven and He sent His only begotten Son to this earth. Can you imagine what it was like to leave heaven with all of its beauty and glory and come to this low ground of sin and sorrow? Oh, how Jesus must have been homesick while He was here. And surely He was glad. When the time came, He could go home and sit with the right hand of God the Heavenly Father again. He loved God the Father. Here's the question. Do you love God this morning? Before you were ever born, God loved you. When you were in sin, God loved you. He loved you enough that He sent His only begotten Son to die for you. And over the years, God has blessed us. He's blessed you and He's blessed me. Does that mean that life has always been a garden of roses? Absolutely not. But God is behind every blessing that you and I enjoy. God didn't promise us that we would live in a perpetual garden. God did not promise us that life would always be sunshine and roses. David said one time, I've been young and now I'm old. I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Looking around, I don't see that any of us have had to beg bread because it looks like we've all been fed pretty well. God has blessed us beyond measure. God loves me. God loves you. And the question is, how much do we love God? How deeply do we love God this morning? Sometimes I think about my earthly father. He's been gone 25 years now, a quarter of a century. And I miss Him. And I think about Him and I think about the ways that I am quite sure that sometimes I disappointed Him. I remember times that I would look into His eyes and I could see sorrow and sadness in those eyes. It was usually when we were having one of those, son, you and I need to have a talk moments in our life. And I know there were times that he was not proud of me. 
And when he died, I thought about some of those times, some of those things that have been said. and I wish that I had been a better son at times than I was. I thought about things and there were times that there were things that I would love to be able to go back and have do-overs with him on. But I always knew one thing. I knew J.R. loved me. Even when he was unhappy with me, I knew he loved me. Did you know that God's that way? Even when we hurt God with our sin. Even when we hurt God with our disobedience. Even when we hurt God by not living His kind of life His way. God still loves us. God rejoiced when you turned from sin and came to Him. The question is... Could we be better children than we are? Could we be better children of God than we've been? Could we love God more than we do? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We'll live God's kind of life. Jesus loved the Heavenly Father. If we love Jesus, we'll love the things Jesus loved and we'll love God. There was something else Jesus loved. He loved the Word of God. And so should you and I. If we love the Heavenly Father, we'll love His Word. Paul wrote a letter one time to a young preacher. Young timid Timothy, Paul's son in the Gospel. And Paul told him, he said, I know from a child You've known the Holy Scriptures. And he said, you need to study those Scriptures. Study to show yourself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, handling properly the Word of God. The psalmist was speaking of God's Word. When the psalmist said, Thy Word is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my pathway. The psalmist also said in another place, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. This book that we call the Bible. Do we love the Bible, the Word of God? Do you love the Bible? Or do we just own one? Do we really study and meditate on God's Word? Or does our Bible just sit and gather dust? What I'm about to say has no meaning to people of current generations, but to looking around this audience, uh, the majority of us can remember this. And the story is told that many years ago, a family had invited the visiting preacher over for Sunday dinner. And so they wanted to impress the visiting preacher with how pious and holy they were. And so everybody had a big family Bible, you know, and so 
the father said to the youngest son, says, Johnny, you know, Johnny's always the bad little boy. Sorry, Johnny. Johnny always was the one that they said, Johnny, go in there and get that big book Mommy and Daddy are always reading from. And Johnny went in the other room brought back the Sears Roebuck catalog. Now, like I say, ten years from now, I won't even be able to tell that to people, but there's enough gray hair out there I knew you'd know what I was talking about. Do we own a Bible or do we study the Bible? If we want to know God, and if we want to know about God, we've got to go to the Bible to find out about God. Jesus loved His prayer time, and so should we. From the cradle to the grave, Jesus was a man of prayer. I know that Jesus must have prayed as a boy. You know, I remember hearing a man one time. He was talking about women usurping men's authority. And this man made what I consider to be one of the most absurd, one of the most ridiculous statements I ever heard in my life. He said, well, I'm proud to say that I never heard my mother pray. And I thought that was one of the dumbest things I ever heard. I thought it then, I think it now, and I'll think that till the day I die. Because I can remember as clearly as yesterday. A night when I was a small boy, when I got out of my bed, and I walked in down the hall, and I looked in my mother's room, and I saw my mother beside her bed, on her knees, her arms up on the side of her bed, as she talked over the day's activities with her Heavenly Father. And I saw my mother pray on more than one occasion. I heard my mother pray on one occasion. And hearing my mother pray and hearing my father pray and watching others pray when I was a small boy helped me to learn the value of prayer and to know the value of prayer and to love praying. Jesus was a man of prayer and He loved prayer. He prayed at His baptism. During that 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness when He met the archenemy of mankind all alone in hand-to-hand combat, Jesus prayed. He prayed as He performed His miracles and as He preached on the mountainside. And Jesus often prayed all night. At the grave of Lazarus, Jesus wept and Jesus prayed. And He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane that night. He fell down on the ground, prostrate on the ground, sweat as it were great drops of blood fell from His brow. I've often heard the song, and I love the lyrics to the song, Relax, I'm not going to sing it. But it's, Have You Had a Gethsemane? In the garden he went to pray. When it seemed hope was gone. He prayed with a broken heart. And he prayed all alone. Have you had a Gethsemane? Have you prayed in despair? In the dark of those weary hours? Did the Lord meet you there? Have you had a Gethsemane?
Have you prayed the night through? Have you shed tears of agony when no hope was in view? Have you prayed, if it be Thy will, may this cup pass from me. But, if it's Your will, dear Lord, I will bear it for Thee. Have we ever prayed like that? The way Jesus prayed that night in Gethsemane? If the perfect Jesus Christ felt the need to pray, how much more do we who are sinful need to pray? If the all-powerful Jesus Christ, the Son of God, felt the need of prayer, how much more do weaklings like us need to pray? Jesus loved prayer because of what prayer is. Prayer is talking to God. Nothing more and nothing less. Psychologists try to make it hard. But it's not hard. Prayer is conversation and communion between a human being and His Heavenly Father. Do you enjoy hearing from your children? We do. We look forward to our children calling and talking for a few minutes. We especially look forward to those times when the cell phone rings and it says FaceTime and we know that that means we're going to get to FaceTime with young Mason. We look forward to that and we enjoy that. And we relish those moments. If we enjoy as human beings, if you and I as human beings enjoy hearing from our children, don't you think God enjoys talking to His children too? Don't you think God enjoys hearing from His children just like we do? You know, when that phone rings... And it says Mason FaceTime. I don't remember a single time I've ever been so busy that I couldn't take that call. When we call God, when we want to talk to God, God is never too busy to take our call. And He's always listening. And while God rejoices to hear from us, Satan is afraid of prayer. Restraining prayer, we cease to fight. Prayer makes the Christian's armor bright. Now listen to this. And Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. When Satan sees a saint of God on his knees, why does he tremble? Because the devil knows that Prayer is going to defeat him and bust up, break up, and destroy all of his plans. Here's a child of God tempted to sin. The devil says, I've got him now. And the devil paints a glowing picture of sin. But the child of God cries out to heaven and says, Oh, my Father. And God hears that prayer and God gives strength to his child to resist that temptation. 
Jesus loved prayer. But Jesus also loved lost souls. And you and I need to love lost souls too. You know, that's why Jesus left the glory of heaven. That's why Jesus turned His back upon His home in heaven. That's why Jesus came to this earth. And He became the poorest of the poor. And He was willing to live a lonely life. He endured blasphemies. He endured falsehoods. He endured evil names that people called Him. He sweat blood in Gethsemane and received the spittings and the beatings of Pilate's court. And He did it all without murmur, without talking back or answering back. And He carried His cross to Calvary. And on Calvary's hill, He hung on the nails. And He did it for you. And He did it for me. He did it because we were lost in sin without God and without hope. And He did it to reconcile us back to God. He saw us going to hell and He did everything in His power to save us. That's why it says in Luke 19 verse 10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus loved the church. In Ephesians 5 and verse 25, Paul would write, Christ also loved the church and He gave Himself for it. Do we need to magnify that Scripture? If Jesus Christ founded the church and gave Himself for it and blessed it, we know that He loved it. And we show our love for what Jesus loved, the church, by attending church. When you find a man or a woman who loves the Lord, you can't keep them away from the worship of the church. And we show our love for the church, not just by our attendance, we show our love by praying for the church. We show our love by our service to the church. We show it by our faithfulness. We show it by our giving. We show it by our love for one another. The same question Jesus asked Peter on the seashore that day is the question Jesus brings down to us in Center, Texas on September the 5th, 2021. Lovest thou me? Do you love the Lord? And if you love the Lord, what are you willing to do to show the Lord that you love Him? Jesus demonstrated His love toward us by giving His life to save us from sin. We demonstrate our love to the Lord by giving our life to Him. We demonstrate our love to the Lord by making Jesus Christ the Lord and the Master of our lives. Not just part of our life, but all of our lives. Jesus says, lovest thou me. It's His invitation as we stand and while we sing.